0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. We are launching a new craft beer city this month and we are kicking it off with a bang. We're going to be tasting two beers from Fusion Brewing. We're going to be trying their Stanga Days Kolsch and Quasar IPA. We also spoke with Chris Palmy, the founder and head brewer over there. And this guy was so much fun and so interesting to talk to. He really loved malt. I get super passionate talking about malt, so we had a great time. Stay tuned to find out what city we are exploring. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. Shh we are discovering a new craft beer city that you might not know about. This month, we are in Lexington, Kentucky. The secret is revealed. And I also have a fantastic new co-host this month because my co-host changes every single month. And this is someone who I am honored to say is a personal friend of mine since we both have lived in Brooklyn. We actually became buddies before I moved. He also hosts his own beer podcast called The Beer Vinger that i was actually a guest on and it was super fun he is also a fellow co-worker with me here at Bruvana. so get ready to have a total pro this month i am delighted to introduce my august co-host ethan ethan how are you you want to say hello hi molly it's so good to
1: see you oh my gosh I am um, so I'm close so- yet so far away I know. It's it's the, the the joys of the internet. And I am so excited to get to meet all of you. Uh, I have been listening and watching along uh, in the, for the last couple of months. So when I was told I was going to get the chance to hop in as Molly's co-host for a little bit and explore a city with her, I was pumped. Uh, I am a professional tour guide, a professional talker. Uh, I worked with City Brew Tours in their New York City location for about three years, which is precisely how long they have been in our, the New York City location. So I'm OG on that one. Uh, but I have been a beer drinker. uh, So I've been a tour guide for about 17 years and a beer drinker longer than I've been legally allowed to be one, as all good beer drinkers are. And uh, I am super excited because I have had the biggest travel itch with all of our indoor times. So getting to travel with you virtually and try some beers is one of my favorite things. So I cannot wait to get to know everyone and to see what we got lined up for us this month. We've got two beers that we're going to be enjoying tonight. But um, as I was unboxing my uh, my little uh, treat this week, I saw I wanted to draw attention to this awesome Lexington Brewery map with our live stream guest schedule on the back here. Molly, this is such a cool thing. I always love getting a sense of like where in the world all of my beers come from. And I was just blown away by this little thing. So I'm excited to get to travel along with them and kind of figure out where all this, all this stuff is.
0: No, totally. There's so many great breweries in Lexington. We picked Mm -hmm. some of the ones that we think are at the top of the top, but I know, yeah, the cool thing about this map is it lets you know all of the breweries in Mm -hmm. the city we're discovering. So even the ones that we're not featuring throughout the month, if you go visit the city, you have the pick of the draw, really. Yeah, Lexington is really, really amazing. Yeah, I was
1: going to say just that the the downtown corridor where all this is located, I bet there's some delightful uh, crawls or stumbles to be had there. Um, So throw that on the list.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, beer is really kind of just popping up as Mm -hmm. something that is not to be overshadowed by the bourbon In Lexington, you know, so I feel like you're getting some really good beers there now, too. And it's not just all about bourbon there. So I think that's really cool. In a city that's known for kind of another beverage, beer is really making its way through that city. Yeah, well, tonight we have got a
1: great guest who I cannot wait to chat with. His name is Chris Palmy. Uh, he is the CEO and founder and head brewer of Fusion Brewing in Lexington, uh, number 14 on your map if you're playing along at home. Uh, and we are drinking two beers, the Stange, Days Kolsch, and the Quasar IPA from Fusion Today. And Molly, it's like you picked these two two of my favorite styles for our first day together. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: Love a Kolsch, love an IPA. I mean, an IPA is like kind of good all year round. And Ethan, I want to know how is everything in Brooklyn? I (laughs) just moved from Brooklyn. I actually have a Brooklyn glass I'm going to be drinking. I think I'm going to drink the IPA out of this one. And I, you know, it's weird. I lived in Brooklyn for 12 years and I'm gone now. And it's like, I just became friends with you. And then now it's like, I am pulled away. But I literally was like, I have to have Ethan as my co-host for this month.
1: Oh gosh, well I'm thrilled to get to hang out with you and even the short amount of time that we had and I did want to say uh uh our some of our Beer Avenger friends uh as Molly mentioned she joined our merry band just before she left uh so the captain and hophead hawk do send their regards of course um but uh but I you know Brooklyn is is we we miss you we we feel a little bit of a hole with your absence but I spent actually most of uh, a big chunk of my week outside of Brooklyn. Um I uh went on a little adventure in upstate New York uh and parts of Pennsylvania yeah. just to kind of give myself a little bit, uh, scratch a little bit of that travel itch. And I wanted to do a shout out to Fegley's Bethlehem Brew Works where I had a delightful, um, speaking of summer beers, beautiful beer outside on the street. They have a lovely little outdoor setting and it was a beautiful warm day and I got to drink down a, beer. So good to keep all these uh, summer beers going. So Molly, I know, you know, you, you're you further away. Where, where in the
0: world are you? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, it's hard to even answer that. So, <laughs> no. so right now I am currently in Athens, Georgia, which is also kind of a cool little mini craft beer city too. So shout out to all the breweries here. I am waiting for my stuff to arrive in Chattanooga, mm. Tennessee, which those of you that have been tuning in, you have heard me talk about this. I'm kind of an open book. I talk about my life and what's going on. My stuff will arrive in Chattanooga. I'm hoping by Saturday. I'm super pumped that we are discovering Lexington this month because this is bringing out the Southern girl in me. You know, we had two amazing cities before this. You know, we had Pittsburgh. We had Cincinnati, which are super fun, kind of like Rust Belt, Midwestern cities. Loved exploring them. But I am super excited to get back to my roots as a Southern girl, I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. And Mm -hmm. Kentucky is not that far away. So I am really excited about that for sure. I've always kind of loved Kentucky. It is one of the most underrated, beautiful states Mm -hmm. just as a whole. You know, like in this country, we really we hear a lot about California, Napa Valley. Kentucky has amazing music. I used to work in the music industry I lived in Nashville a long time ago. I worked at a booking agency and so many artists. I love country music. So many of them even come from Kentucky. I mean, if you're Mm. any any country music lovers that are tuning in right now, please let me know. John Prine, you know, he's from Kentucky, Chris Stapleton. I mean, there's so many amazing country singers from Kentucky. So it just kind of like has a place in my heart as a as a place that a lot of the music I loved growing up has really come from.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like such a, a beautiful and very cool uh, town. And given what I have seen, at least of what we got coming up, it sounds like they have got some spectacular beer that we have been, we've just been buzzing over it. We haven't been paying enough attention. Just thinking about the yeah. bourbon, not the beer.
0: I agree. Do you want to go ahead and crack open a beer? I'm kind of itching ah. to try the Stanga Days Kolsch.
1: Yes. Oh, my goodness. The Stanga Days Kolsch, German-style Kolsch ale, which is always a nice kind of tricky one when we're talking about a Kolsch. But let's check this one out, shall we? Let's crack it open. All right. Oh, delightful. I know, a good fresh beer. Let's give this a nice pour.
0: I'm going to use my beautiful Bruvana glass that came in the beer box for all of our beer club members because all of our beer club members always get a customized glass
1: Look at that. See, I love the really, it's got a nice, intense head. It's that fluffy white color uh, on the head. Uh, Big bubbles, lots of intense carbonation. But then it's just this beautiful straw color. Look at how beautiful
0: that is. And I noticed right away the appearance of this beer. It's actually, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the lighting in my apartment. I feel like this beer is actually a little darker than most Kulshas a little Mm -hmm. bit. It is gorgeous. Cheers, guys. Cheers! Oh, my goodness. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is really good. It's actually got a little bit of a fuller body, almost, Mm -hmm. I'm noticing. It's got a little more meat to it than most Kolsch's. It's delicious.
1: Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, that Pilsner malt there is really nice and intense, but it's still got that effervescence to it. And you get a little bit of the hit of the, like, traditional noble hop that you want from, like, a Kolsch-style beer.
0: Let's take a beer break. So Ethan just mentioned noble hops. What exactly are noble hops? Well, according to noblehops.com, it is a term that refers to the traditional varieties of hops that were used to make early European beers. In the Middle Ages, water wasn't usually safe to drink, so people drank beer instead. This medieval beer was low in alcohol, but high in bitterness. That bitter tang came from the noble hops that were used to brew the beer early brewers began using hops to flavor their beers and the ingredients stuck over time. Similar to wine grapes, the hop flavors are influenced by the terroir or the climate and environment conditions that affect hops as they grow. A specific crop of hops used in greater or lesser quantities can drastically change a beer's flavors. And there's four types of noble hops towel Saz, Spalt, and Tetanang. Now let's get back to the episode and hear a little bit more from Ethan and see what he thinks about this delicious beer brewed with all these awesome noble hops.
1: I. This is everything I want sitting on my roof, you know, on a hot day to kind of cool me down and, you know, take the edge off of a long day. It's kind of, it's like, it's just kind of perfect.
0: 100%. And so as we mentioned, this is pronounced Stanga. It looks like it's pronounced Stange. So it's a little bit confusing when you're reading it, trying to be phonetic. Well,
1: and Molly, I, I love these glasses like so much because it is basically beer shots, um, because the idea with these glasses is that you're supposed you go the, your your barmaid goes around with them on a little crown and then you pick them up and they're small and they're thin and the idea is that you just have to like shoot it back quickly before the beer gets too hot and then w- at the end of the day you kind of stack up the number of glasses and then you take those over to the bar and you pay based on the number that showed up which honestly can we just serve all beer like that
0: because like. I'm love super it. down. I'm totally down. Right. I actually did not know that, Ethan. Mm-hmm. And I love a Kolsch because it is a cold fermented beer that uses mm-hmm. ale yeast. So it's a hybrid ale. So it brings out the unique flavors. Mm -hmm. And I really love that about a Kolsch because there's not a lot of hybrid ales. Ale yeast is going to be warm fermented, but it's ale Mm -hmm. yeast that's cold fermented. So it's sort of a combo of an ale and a lager. And I think that is so cool. And that's one reason a Kolsch is my go-to style.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. So Mm. the
0: Stanga Days is a true German Kolsch brewed exclusively with rich German Pilsner malt and traditional German noble hops. This beer is really crisp and light, very refreshing. A great addition to our lineup today that has incredible drinkability. It's a true kind of like patio beer, I would say. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I am. I will say and we've got one coming up a little bit later this month, but during the summer, um, you get the, you know, you, I love a good sort of Goza style beer, something that's a little salty and a little bit sour. gives you that like pucker in the summer. Um, for me, that is a fantastic, like summer drinking beer kind of situation. Um, and I know Kolsch is one of your go-tos Molly. Do you have a patio or summer beer that you just absolutely love?
0: I've been drinking a lot of Kolschas. I've been drinking a lot of Pilsners. I'm normally kind of like IPA stouts all year round. I've been trying to branch out a little bit, but I have been drinking a lot of Kulshas and a lot of Pilsners. I will say my new apartment has a patio. So oh. is, so yeah, no one to brag, because you know, New Yorkers, we don't always get patios. Nope, It's like your fire escape. You're like, this is my terrace. So I am getting ready to move into somewhere that does have a patio. And I do love a kolsch for that. Anything kind of like a little crisper with that sort Mm -hmm. of sippy effervescence. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a great outside beer, but yeah, this one is, is really good. I really like that. It has just, I, and I know I keep saying this, but just like a little bit more body to it. I really like Mm -hmm. that. It's got a, it's like a little bit more flavorful than most cultures. So I'm really digging this one. Oh my goodness. Well, um,
1: while we're enjoying this beer, uh, I want to share a couple fun facts about Lexington Uh, Because I am, again, uh, got that travel itch. So the big question, of course, is where has the Queen of England vacationed? naturally it's Lexington, Kentucky, uh, and it's not really a time show situation, but Her Majesty has traditionally been involved in the world of thoroughbred racing, and she houses horses at Lanes and Farm, which, you know, is one of the spots where you do that kind of thing. I, I'll be honest, if I was just trotting around Lexington having a beer and the Queen showed up, I don't know what I would do. Molly, how would you feel in that situation?
0: You know, I'd probably high-five her, because I feel like Uh she's that type of person if she's sort Mm -hmm. of royalty, but then also can, you know, sort of get down and gritty and like be in the South and like horse racing. I mean, I don't know if it's like getting down and gritty, but like horse racing, I feel like, okay, yes, it is like sort of a fancy thing, but I feel like you're kind of cool. You automatically have street cred if you're doing that You're going to Kentucky, like something about that. I just sort of want to high five her a little bit and be like, you know what? You are really cool. Yeah, I I mean, she's she's you know keeping
1: it real for sure. Uh, You know, visiting, taking care of her horses. There is that like down to earth quality. I would just like you know, I'm glad that you would go in for the high five. I would be so terrified with all the etiquette you're supposed to do around the queen that I would be like, how how am I going to screw this up? Like I would probably go and hide in a bush, uh, you know, drinking a beer.
0: (laughs) You know, screwing it up would probably be high fiving her. Like I'd probably get you know (laughs) politely escorted out by like men in you know uniforms. They're like right calm down, (laughs) feeling hot, high-fiving the queen. But uh, no, I think, I think that's so cool. And also I loved this fact Mm -hmm. about Lexington. Every Halloween, 2000 zombies rise up at the historic Kentucky theater and dance their way down main street. Lexington was the first city to launch, to launch a Michael Jackson thriller reenactment. I no think that is like way. the most fun
1: thing. Um, I have turned into the the man who um, sits in his apartment building and puts the uh, the pumpkin on his door and waits for the kids in all of their costumes to come and get candy. And thankfully, we have an active trick or treating setup in my building, so I get lots of kids. We have a bunch of pumpkins and bumblebees and things like that. Um, but to try and endear myself to the parents, uh, I also have a supply of beers that if the parents would like to trick or treat as well, I will give them a little something to take home with them as well. So should you find yourself in Brooklyn during Halloween times, you know where to find me. Come and get yourself a beer and some candy for your kids.
0: Oh my God. I love that. And while you guys kick back and relax, let's learn just a little bit more about fusion brewing. So Fusion Brewing opened in 2019 and is co-owned by Dr. Christian Palmy, head brewer and fermentation microbiologist. Through his various experiences of life, beer, and food, he brings high-quality craft beer to Lexington community in a new, innovative, and exciting way. They bring not only a wealth of beer knowledge, but a deep appreciation for bringing complex flavors from simple, traditional beers. They're also located in a super cool area. It's called the Distillery District. I loved visiting that when I was there. It was such a fun area. I could totally tell that that was where I would be hanging out out if I lived in Lexington. And guys, without further ado, I would really love to welcome on our guest this evening, Chris Palmy, CEO, founder, and head brewer at Fusion Brewing. So we always love to hear about everyone's craft beer origin story. Can you tell us yours, Chris?
2: (laughs) I have a I have a long story. I'll try to make it short. Um, So originally I'm from New England. I'm born and raised in Connecticut. I was born in Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, right by the water. Uh, And then I went to school in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Then I went there and I I got my graduate degree. I got my BS degree in uh, chemistry and biochemistry. I then went to Wake Forest University where I got my doctorate in biochemistry and molecular biology with a subspecialty in cancer cell biology um, and toxicology. Uh, Then went to John Hopkins, did some postgraduate work there. In, the, in a yeast lab working on cell biology. Was there for a while, had some kids with my wife, got married in, in, uh, when, when I was actually at graduate school. Um, and then I really needed a job and I got a job at University of Kentucky and that's how I ended up here in Lexington. Um, I was brought in as a graduate professor teaching biochemistry and toxicology and I was running a research lab working on leukemia and lymphoma. I uh, did that for seven, eight years, uh, moved on from there, got a job at Eastern Kentucky University, and that's when I actually got formally into fermentation and mm-hmm. fermentation science, and I was teaching fermentation, microbiology, and biochemistry to pre-meds. And then uh, the budgets got cut, and things happened, and uh, had some, I had a pleasure of going to New Zealand, and then I was on a podcast about my fermentation background, and lo and behold, I found some investors and uh, decided to quit and open up the brewery.
0: That's awesome. Oh, my God. Well, I'm so happy you did. And on that note, I want to open up this second beer with you, yes, if that is OK. <laughs> yeah. We have the Quasar India Pale Ale clocking in at 7.1 percent. I'll have to go
2: in my, in my mini little in my mini fridge right next to my. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, do it. We're going to crack this open.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: I am very excited about this beer. Just looking at the description of it, I I, I was so excited that this was gonna be on show number one. So and I I'm like gonna gonna want to hear the full backstory
2: on this one. But I like so. it because my, my favorite color, as my kids will tell you, is orange.
0: <laughs> I love orange. Oh, oh, perfect. I love orange. I Ethan, you've been to my apartment. Yeah. I have orange. My favorite vibe in life is like 19. <laughs> 19- 70s, like Texas sunset. Okay, I don't even know what that means, but it's a thing. And I love orange because it's a warm earth tone. Oh my God, well, Chris, and I love we are,
1: love orange. We are three of a kind because when I was younger, when I was a child, I tried to convince my parents to paint my bedroom orange because I love the color so much. So clearly this one is meant to be. And look at how beautiful that is, speaking of orange. It's got that nice amber color, beautiful head, oh, and the aromas are just spectacular. Whoa. It is every bit of fruit. My head is huge, on mine. I, there you
2: go. I,
0: I, yeah, well, that's you perfect. You can smell the galaxy and Medusa hops that are being used. It is oh wow. Oh, it's fruity but almost creamy, like sickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Oh my goodness. I just kind of want to, I'm like, I'm just enjoying the smell. I almost don't need to taste it quite yet.
0: I really am too. Mm -hmm. I'm getting creamsicle kind of vibe. Like something about it. It's almost like a little sweet, citrusy, almost kind Mm -hmm. of creamy and lush.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's definitely sort of citrus. For, is that, I assume, but then when I drink it, I do get a nice bitterness too, as well. Um, yeah. That hits really nicely, kind of takes over in this beautiful way.
0: So it's that dichotomy that I love in a really well-made IPA. Chris, I, I when I spoke with you months back, because Lexington was supposed to be our beer city, I think like last wow. month, and then like things got delayed. And I chatted with you and I told my boss, Julie, I was like, I got to have him on the podcast. This guy <laughs> is so interesting. So yeah, absolutely. You've definitely taken an interesting route and you are killing it. Well, I know
1: I that, that I, what I just wanted to know from Chris is like tell us about
2: this. Like it's so Actually it's got it's actually got a really cool story. Uh-huh. So, in 2019, we did the Lexington Beer Week and I brewed a beer called Nebula. Uh, and Nebula was just a beer that had a ton of galaxy in it, just a ton and ton of galaxy. And it was so popular and it blew off the shelves. I decided to brew something a little different. And I'll be honest with you. Um, I just had like five or 10 pounds of of Medusa sitting around. I was like, now this would be cool. You get a galaxy beer. Cause that's where the name of Nebula came from. And I was like, and we'll add Medusa to it. I mean, what's better than Medusa. She's got these crazy things on her hair. If you look at her, you turn to stone, you know, I mean, this beer is going to be amazing. And so I actually made it and it basically took all my other IPAs and, and crushed them right off my tap list. Almost. I mean, people were just totally crushing this beer. <laughs> And I'll have to be honest with you, if you if you read the I haven't totally updated on all the websites, but this version actually doesn't have Medusa anymore. I went and got a hop contract on a a hop that's the sister hop to it. And the sister hop is is um, it's called Zappa as in Frank Zappa. And so if in my opinion, um, I think what the Zappa and the Medusa, they do the same thing, if you ask me. Um, what it does is it brings that spiciness at the end of the finish and comes across your tongue, and so it, it actually brings down the fruitiness of the galaxy that you initially get hit with, and then and then you get that. But uh, as you picked up my colsh, um, and you'd pick up in a lot of my beers, I'm I kind of dig the malt. That's like yeah. my beer.
0: yes, I, I,
2: yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a malt lover, and so this is brew more like a traditional IPA of of mm-hmm. yesteryear or what else I've been told before by other brewers is like more of a Midwestern IPA style. Yeah, The Midwestern yeah. breweries tend to use a little more like if you're into like knowing what the malts are, like a little more Vienna or a little more biscuit malt, something to give you a little more body. And I like to have that body. Cause to me, my mom lives in California now and I've gone out there and I've had all the best IPAs out there and I love them. But the thing is, it's, it's, they're stripped down of body a little bit, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, what you do in the West coast and they're good because of it, but I just like something a little different. Yeah. So the galaxy and the, in the zapper added at the, at the beginning and the, and the, and right at the end of the, um, the boil and you got to remember a, a brewery, I used to be a homebrewer too for a long time. Um, a brewery's whirlpool is a lot longer. So like I have a, I have a 20 minute whirlpool and um, I don't, I I don't mind telling you it's a 20 minute whirlpool. And then, and then by the time I get that transfer done, I have seven barrel tanks. So mine are 217, 220 gallons. Mm -hmm. By the time you move that 220 gallons, it's been another half an hour, you know? Oh, wow. So, so those, those, you know, and then sitting at 205 degrees, 200 degrees, 190 something degrees, it's still giving you that uh, alpha hop. So when I, this is one I never actually brewed um, at a homebrew scale, although many of my other beers I do brew at home. I have a kegerator in my garage. I have three, three little kegs in it. Um, in fact, over the weekend, I brewed a, a, a German Pilsner because I really needed to have something new.
0: And I mean, honestly, I love that you are someone who's a little bit more like malt forward. Mm-hmm. in your recipes because i really i love malt i love whenever i'm reading about beers i listen to a lot of audiobooks about beer and you know just generally read about beer a lot i always find so much interest in malt and it, you know cuz it you know i love that sweet viscosity that we can get from our beers a little bit and you kind of get that so often from the malt. And I get that Chris from both of these beers, they have this beautiful yeah. body, this beautiful mouthfeel. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more saturating to your mouth and it's just so flavorful. I love that. So
2: I'm actually a big sour brewer too. I love doing oh. like traditional sours, not just um, kettle sours. I brew those too. Um, but uh, I, I brew a Goza and I brew uh, other things like that. But I really like barrel-aged sours, hence all the barrels. I have over 30 barrels and I'm only a small little brewery. Um, and I do a lot of barrel barrel aging and barrel souring. I got into it a long time ago. I'm a member of Milk the Funk, for anybody who knows that. Long-time member, long-time patron. I always go to all those things. And... Um, it's it's caused me to look into other alternative grains and I, one of my grains i'm really big on and if you go digging around to spelt. i mean i don't mm. know, if you know about that Spelt is like an ancient grain old yeah. school yeah and when you grew with it adds lots of body lots of flavor it's hard for the yeast to break down it almost takes you almost feel like you're chewing on some some sweet hay it's, it's wonderful
0: and so I know, like with barley, there's two row and six row. Is it the same with spelt? Or are, are there because I know it's sort of like the um, the proteins they're distributed more evenly in two row malt. Is it the same with spelt? I'm not really familiar.
2: Spelt spelt is is just it's got a lot more complex sugars, which are harder to break down.
0: That is cool. And I know when me and you spoke on the phone, you had a really cool story about Britannomyces yeast from a <laughs> winemaker. And I know you mentioned you make some sour beers. Mm. Can you tell our listeners about this story?
2: Sure. So um, the the brewery is called Speciation Ales. And the guy who owns it is Mitch. And, and Mitch is just the bomb. He treats me like gold when I go up mm. there. And I go up there only like once a year. And he brews all, uh, a lot of barrel-aged stuff. Um, but one of the things he's gotten into in the past- year or two maybe three now is um wine brewing and he does like wild wines and uh he took a wine must and my understanding of it is he took it up he took it up to the great lakes kind of got some natural yeast uh, in there and and then he's done a few where he's actually put yeast in there and it ended up being like a britannomyces wine uh, which which is usually for wine. That's a no no. Like you, one thing you don't yeah. have is Britannomyces in your wine, and it tasted like a wine, but it was definitely different. But if you're a Britannomyces beer person, which I'm a huge Brett person, I love Britannomyces beers. Um, in fact, I love my saisons the traditional way with a little bit of Brett in them. Um, mm. This wine was just. I drank the thing, like, was gone. I took, a, I took it down to my dad's house where my dad lives in Michigan, the reason why I go up there. And uh, I was like, you got to try this. And my dad's like, I don't know. It doesn't taste so good to me. And I was like, oh, it's wonderful. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I wonder what it was he didn't like. Maybe just, like, the kind of funkiness that sort of comes with sours and britanamyces and the way that that yeast kind of, like, on everything it kind of gives it a little bit of a funk i wonder if that's what he didn't like i mean it's not for everyone i get that. Oh, the
2: wine was definitely funky it was all about mm. it, it had it had that uh horse leather funk in it and everything and i ha- and i've brewed with i've even researched multiple types of Britannomyces. you know i've gone all over the place to make sure i get some of the best and uh i just love them i love every part of them You know, I went to, I went to Colorado just to go to Crooked Stave and and that guy wrote, he wrote the first thesis on, uh, on Britannomyces and I read the whole thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I was going to say as a microbiologist, I'm sure Brett is a fascinating subject, not only to produce things with, but also to learn about. Yeah, Um, so, but I, I um, so Molly had mentioned to me when we were chatting and part of the reason I was so happy, excited to talk to you is that you are a lover of English ales. Yeah. I love yes. English ales. So um, talk to me about that style. What is it about that style that you love? Any tips for
2: finding English ales that you think are exceptional? I think I'm growing a theme here. I mean, what I really yeah. like about them is that they're malty. <laughs> yeah. I, they're I, like, I was figuring that's where we were going, but they're super malty. And I really like like noble hops and mm-hmm. I really like East Kent Goldings and East Kent Goldings is, is a go-to for me as, as well as, um, uh, I can't remember, I can't think of the other one on top, off the top of my head, uh, Fuggles and those two hops are just two of my favorites and I'll be honest with you, when I first opened up the brewery, I'd kind of gotten into English ales
0: mm-hmm. and my
2: head server um, who started working for me before I even opened, he was like we should go get some ESBs so we'll go get you know, we'll get Fuller's that sounds good, I was like, because I've really never had a good one, and I tried it and I was like, what is this? I was like, this is amazing. I was going to brew one. And then ever since then, I tried to keep one English ale. They're not super popular with the crowd, but right. they have something to be offered. Um, I just can't seem to convince enough people that a beer that's 3.8% alcohol is super tasty. And, and Americans,
0: no- we want yeah. our butt kicked with our beer. Yeah, no. Chris, were you saying you've never had a good ESB? Is that what you said? I
2: never had until then because I yeah. never, like, I, the, the last ESB I had was, like, I'm going to date myself, but it was, like, in the 90s. You know, back in, like, 93 or 94, you know, I was, like, I was in college, and I was, like, oh, what is this? This tastes gross.
0: <laughs> I, I Well, you know, the thing is... they. Have to get it right because ESBs typically use Munich malt, which goes through that extra step of stewing to kind of bring out the sugars to caramelize it. And I feel like it's not always done right. So yeah. I do completely hear what you're saying. I've had a lot of ESBs where it's just not really done right. But if you get a good one, it has the most decadent, lovely mouthfeel, and it's not actually mm-hmm. that sweet. So I completely hear you on that.
2: So for me, it's it's all about the Maris Otter uh, malt. I just. It's it's a lot of maris otter with some caramel malts in it, and and it's be light-handed with the caramels, heavy with the maris otter. Maris otter actually carries a ton of flavor, in my opinion. That's just what I like, and I I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way to brew. That's just the way I brew mine. And I'm I following actually,
0: your footsteps here because I'm you're the malt just, guy, and I'm yeah. loving this because and I just love just learning say, about malt. That's I mean this is so cool to me.
2: And I just brewed an Irish an Irish red, which is getting on tap. Um, mm-hmm. And I put a little bit of rye in it, and it came out really good. And, and instead of using um, Maris Otter, I used uh, Golden Promise. Um, and, and Golden Promise is very similar. Golden Promise is just fantastic. Um, it's a great malt. It's just it it, and you have to import it. They all are made in England. Otherwise, they just don't carry the same thing. I, it has something to do with the terroir there.
1: Yeah, I, and I think red ales are a, a lovely way to sort of start to introduce people to those more, more malty beers. Um, but I want to talk about this delicious, you know, fusion we've got here, or this, uh, the Quasar. I want to first know a little bit more about the name Fusion, and also if you can give us a little hint about the name
2: Quasar here. Yeah, so the Quasar mm-hmm. really just came from the name I needed a step from Nebula, you know? Okay, got it. That makes sense. So a, a Nebula... Is you know this uh, spot in space you know where it's it's a, a die a dead star you know and, and there's all this debris um, and a quasar is basically it's like a black hole on overdrive like on steroids mm. and in space they they blink like these these bright flashes um, that you, you can see and and that's what a quasar is and it's coming from like a basically uh, You know, a dying black hole or something or super black hole, I think is what if I remember right. I always go back. I mean, every every single name of my beer has always come from some kind of science thing and I get into it. And at the time when I'm naming the beer, that's where it's got to go. And because of the galaxy hops, that's really where the quasar name comes from that's so cool i love the the space theme on that
1: um in fact i i specifically put you in a glass with pie on it because i felt uh, like that would be appropriate to the the science element tonight i, I um, put it i put it in this glass
2: i don't know if you can see my glass
1: oh no but it, it looks like it's almost a little twisty tell uh, tell us oh about i can this see slide. it yeah
2: it's twisty so this is important for molly Mo- molly's gonna need to know this because she's gonna be okay. in chattanooga
0: yeah.
2: You got to drive from Chattanooga and you got to drive up to Knoxville and in Knoxville, there's a, a place called Tentus beer. The guy is not only a brewer, but he's a glass blower. <laughs> and oh, he's a cool. glass blower. and uh, he has some history. There's some history there uh, where my wife teaches at center college. She also has a doctorate in organic chemistry and center college is Used to be known, or is known as they used to have one of the top five glass blowers in the world uh, there. And this guy, I as my understanding is that I'm not not sure I'm not sure if I'm totally right. Um, he was trained by this guy, and his idea, the whole purpose of this brewery is to serve great beer in great glasses, oh. and they make all their own glasses. And when you go, you get a beer, and you can watch them blow the glasses. And I bought and I bought one. And I went down there, my kid my kids swim and we went swimming at the Tennessee Aquatic Center down there. And then on the way home I asked them if we could stop. They love glass blowing. They've actually blown with the guy at Center. And we watched them blow beer while Dad had a flight. It was pretty pretty awesome.
0: So this is in Knoxville. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I have some plans to travel there soon. So and just the cool be careful. Thing is, to-
2: There's two pretentious. There's a pretentious in Ohio and there's a pretentious in Knoxville. It's the one in Knoxville you want.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not be living too far from Knoxville. I'm such a New Yorker. I haven't had a driver's license in forever, but I have a brother who's a pilot and he's, I I have to go to Knoxville for some fun things that I have to go do there. And my brother's like, I'm going to fly you.
2: I, 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 my favorite thing to do is I drove across country last year. I, I bought my mom's truck. And I drove from California, California all the way back. And I drove through a whole bunch of cities. We drove through uh, Flagstaff. Amazing beer there. Just an amazing place. I've
0: heard Flagstaff. I've heard that, yeah. Really cool. <laughs> if I
2: could have stayed there, I probably just would have camped out and stayed there. Not to mention they have an uh, unlimited amount of 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 like those electric cars. It's crazy. Went, so my mom lives in Gilroy. We went down to uh, visit my cousin in L.A. I also went out to San Diego to visit some friends I have out, live out there. Stopped in Bakersfield. Visited uh, a brewery there, one or two there, that make similar beers to mine, which we've competed against each other. So that was cool. I really wanted to try their And their beer was good. It was blood orange, a wit beer. Uh, I make a regular wit beer. Then I went to Flagstaff. We went to Albuquerque went to um Tulsa Oklahoma
0: oh man I stopped somewhere in
2: Texas I have family in St. Louis so I stopped in St. Louis and we and I went to um another one of my favorite breweries which is uh the side project brewing. And I also love urban chestnut out there. Those are another two great breweries. If you're from St. Louis, those are like the bomb.
0: Love those places. Yeah. Um, And Bakersfield, there's a great, speaking of country music, Yoko and Buck Owens have a great song called Bakersfield. And speaking of cities, Chris, I am curious, what is your ideal day off in Lexington? If you just had the day off, what would it be? I don't
2: get those very often. (laughs) Honestly, a lot of times, um, I like to actually, I actually, before I ever owned the brewery and I ever knew I was going to be there, I used to hang out at the district a lot um, at the other brewery, which you you will cover. That's there. Um, I know the brewer. I know know the people there. It's nice. I I take my kids there. We get some pizza. Do that. Uh, Another great thing to do is uh, we also would tend to, Link that in with either going to see the Lexington Legends play some baseball. Oh, nice. Or going over to Keeneland and kind of hanging out at Keeneland. That's the racetrack. All the pre races, the last minute qualifiers to get into the Derby uh, happen at Keeneland. Uh, some people think Keeneland, Lexingtonians like to think that Keeneland's even nicer than uh, the Derby over there. But um, they're both nice. And uh, I really like Keeneland. It's close to my house. It's like two miles away. And it's right next to the airport.
0: I love Keeneland. I went when I visited. And also, before we wrap up, Chris, it is time for our rapid fire questions. We change (laughs) these up every month. So your job is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Can art. Fun or distracting?
2: Depends on the can art. Hey, okay. uh, I want to know a beer you love to hate. Uh, oh, I, I guess, I guess, a uh, rogue dead guy. Just because it's okay. uh, always on the shelves and it always is there. And I, I'd love to hate it, but I still drink it. <laughs> See, there you go. That's the kind of answer I'm looking for.
0: <laughs> what will the next beer craze be?
2: What do I think it will be? Hmm. I think Pilsner's are coming back. I think you're right. Um, when it's not beer,
1: what are you drinking? ah right now sake oh sake oh what a good yeah. okay
2: sorry I, I need to do a follow-up on this one cold or hot cold or hot? cold okay i've got uh i've got a whole bunch right now my new right one right now is uh senge uh drunken whale
0: my personal favorite question i will try not to judge you stouts all year round or only in the winter
2: <laughs> all year round
0: you're my boy not only do you drink scouse all year round, but you've taught me a lot about malt. Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we wrap up?
2: Uh, check us out at, uh, www.fusion-brewing.com. Uh, more long lines, check us out at at fusion brewing on Instagram and, uh, And check out our Facebook feed. That's where we do most of our stuff. I have a marketing person. Publish all kinds of videos there and on stuff online. And importantly, if you come to Lexington, make sure you come check us out. We're in the Distillery District just off of downtown near Rupp Arena where the cats play basketball. We're just downtown. The Distillery District is great. We have music. We have coffee places. We have breweries. Don't just visit me. Come for the whole adventure. Definitely plan a day. Yeah, and, and plan to get a lift because you will not be able to walk. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people can't walk at the end of a weekend and come to stumbling into our place or out of our place. Honestly. That, you know, they were like, you know, holy cow, I,
0: where are we going? The 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 distillery district that you guys are in was so much fun. If you guys are in Lexington, definitely go check out fusion. They were a phenomenal place to just hang out, but there are so many other places right there. You don't even have to walk more than 10 feet. There's just all these like fun little places right there. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Ethan. Be sure to tune in next week as we chat with our first ever beer can artist. Can art has become such a fun craze. We could not pass up the opportunity to chat with artist and designer, Justin Stewart. Plus, we'll be drinking the Volta Hefeweizen from Pivot Brewing Company, whose can he actually did design. And Chris, thank you so much for coming on. You have been an amazing guest. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Cheers. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Bruiseless Traveled Beer Club. And this way, you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Bruiseless Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.